So I just want to go back to a, a couple of weeks ago when we were, um, there was about eight of us girls that went to the uh, Daughters Conference um, in Tauranga. It was a fantastic hotel, wonderful place. And uh, we uh, had a, a marvellous time. Next two years' time, it's going to be on, and I'm believing for, a, instead of eight people, we're going to believe for 108 girls to go on up and have a, have a, a wonderful time there. We um, uh, had a, yeah, just, just a great time, and I spoke on um, the session on the Holy Spirit, and I want to share that session with you this morning. It's a message that's very much upon my heart. It's been my journey. I believe it's been also, it's been Stephen's journey, our walk with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so I'm just going to preach that same message. So the eight of you that were there is going to come out a little bit different like it always does. But I believe that God wants to speak this message into our house. You know, it was just last year God gave us a word with Fergus which talked about a new government on the house. That's different from the, than yesterday. And the increase of God's government, there shall be no end. You know, John the Baptist said that he must increase and I've got to decrease. And that, 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 that should be the prayer of every, every, every believer, every church member, that he must increase. God, Holy Ghost, you increase on my life and let me decrease. And we find that that is, that, that is what God is doing right now, that the Holy Ghost, his government, his leadership on our lives is increasing. And so this message is to do with that and how we can know what he's doing and how we can work with him to allow the supernatural power of God in our lives. You know, there was another word that God gave us at the beginning of this year that this is not only a new year, but it's a new decade. And God gave us a word that this is a decade of the Holy Ghost. This is his time. And Stephen preached a message, I think a couple of months ago, talking about the river of God and, and the Holy Spirit is likened to the river. And he talked about the river that would flow in Ezekiel in 47, and it comes up to your ankles, and then it comes up to your knees, and up to the waist, and then it's a river that you can't cross, and you swim in. And, and, and our prayer as pastors, and, and before we were pastors, was always, God, we want to be in that river. Wherever that river is flowing on the earth, we want to be right in that river. Whatever it takes, God, we want to be there where you are. And so this is what this is about this morning. And so I just pray that your heart is open and, and that you'll just hear what the Spirit is saying um, to us, to our lives. And so Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you've been sent by Jesus. You've been sent by the Father to be the head of the church down here on earth while Jesus is, and God is in heaven, the Father. And, and Holy Spirit, this message is your message. And so I just pray that uh, each heart would be open to hear uh, what you're wanting to say and, and how you're wanting to work with us and give us some understanding so that we know exactly what we're doing and we can go with your flow. And so we want to thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And so this conference, it was called Unveiled. And um, I want to lay a foundation for you of what that unveiled meant and how I, how I got my message together, just so that this can be a foundation, and then we're going to launch off from the message. And so I want to have a look at the definition of that to start with, and then you'll see where we're going as, as I define this. And so unveiled, when I first heard that word, when we came up with it for the conference, it reminded me of a, of a beautiful bride as she's preparing herself and she has her veil. We don't do this so much nowadays, but we have a veil over us and, that, and then the veil is removed as she's presented to her, to her husband. And so that was the first picture that I got. And so then I went on into a dictionary and I started to look up the meaning of the words veil, unveiled, and, and here's some of, the, um, some of the definitions of it. So unveiled means to unwrap. It means to uncover, to make known, 
to take the lid off, a little bit like a series I did a couple of, month, a couple of weeks ago, to take the lid off, to raise the curtain. Unveiled, it means a presentation, to launch, it's a debut, when a person first comes out on stage, first appearance, a premiere, you know how they have the premieres that they have and everyone's coming to those in Hollywood, and then the, the other um, meaning is coming out. And so with those definitions, my imagination started to, to look at this, and I thought, wow, yeah, the launch, that presentation, coming out. And I imagined an athlete, you know, as we've seen in the games, and they're kind of coming out onto, the, on, onto, the, onto the, uh, the field for the first time, and they're making an appearance, or they're being launched onto the world stage, as we've seen with many of our games and our rugby games and the, and the Olympic games and the Commonwealth games recently. And you can just kind of see them shoulders back and here they are. They're coming out and the world is having a look at them. You have a look at the singers when she first steps up onto that stage. And this is her first debut, and I'm thinking of Susan Boyle, if anybody knows, the 49-year-old British lady. And here she is, she's stepping up, what does it say, onto the stage. Her first de debut, her first appearance, and you had a look at the judges and they're going, oh, can you, do you know who I'm talking about? That was her first appearance. And nowadays through TV and media, it just seems that when people come out onto the world stage, all of a sudden they've appeared out of nowhere. But you see, they haven't appeared out of nowhere. There's been a whole lot of things going on behind the scenes. A whole lot of stuff has been happening before they hit the world stage. And so you take the athlete, you take the time and the dedication and the disciplines of that athlete getting up at six in the morning, his diet, the way that they are running, the way that they are exercising and their coaches getting them to be in their prime place before they head onto the field and the TVs are on them. You have a think of the, you know, people like the world leader, leaders in their field, world leaders, they've spent decades preparing themselves, and then they come across this invention or this discovery, and bang, the world finds out about it and think, where's this guy come from? Well, hey, he's been in that room, toiling away, doing experiments, doing whatever it takes, and bang, he's on the world stage. And you think, ladies of the, of the bride, we've just had Marissa as our, our little bride a month ago get married. You think of the preparation, ladies? That year, we need a year of an engagement because we've got so much to prepare before we are presented to our husbands. There's a lot of preparation that goes, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, you think of everything we have to do. We have to diet, we have to pick the dress, get the makeup, get the girls, pick the venue. I mean, all that preparation. And then we're supposed to walk down the aisle as if nothing, you know, as if it was just no effort at all. And you know what the effort was. There was a lot of time that was taken behind the scenes before he, she was presented or you were presented to your husband. You take the great designers, and I'm thinking again of these people, you know, that create, you know, sort of like a, a sort of like a, a national building or some kind of statue that has been created and being carved, and it's pointing to the First World War or the Second World War, or some kind of momentous thing that's happened in our nation, and that's all happening behind the scenes. There's work going on, and then they lift the veil on this thing and everyone sees, and it reminds us again, hey, of our champions, the Anzacs, or whatever it is, it points to that time. Well, you see, if we bring that over into the spiritual, you see, God is the designer of all designers. And there was a day 6,000 years ago when he had 
his first debut, a first appearance. And the Bible says that the angels desired to see God's glorious mystery. And they saw that day a man made just like him. Psalms 8 talks about this, the angels of God looking and they say, what is man that you are so mindful of him? You've made him a shade lower than Elohim than yourself. God unveiled us before all of creation. We see God is getting ready for a premiere of premieres. He's getting ready for another unveiling. He's getting ready for another time. And there's a whole lot of stuff that is going on behind the scenes. The world doesn't know what God is doing inside you right now, preparing you and getting you and I ready for the world stage. You have a look here on your, on your outline. You see, God is gonna put on a show through you and I, and the world is gonna see it. He is doing that right now. And you've heard me saying this, preaching this for 30 years, but we're closer now than we were 30 years ago. We are much closer. Have a look at the world stage right now. Have a look at the nations. Have a look at what's happening outside, just in the natural. And you can see we're about to close this thing off. But there is a small time frame of time when all of the world is going to see God's glorious mystery. Who is that? It's the church. It's you and I. Deuteronomy says that all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by my name and they're going to stand in awe. All the peoples of the earth, not just some, there is going to be a huge worldwide manifestation of God's people from every continent of the world. And we are choosing, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to be a part of that. Isaiah, Peter's favorite scripture, it's mine as well. It says, here am I and the children whom you have given. We are for signs and wonders. That's what is inside of us. That is the very thing that God has placed inside you and I. Signs and wonders. We may not be seeing what we want to see, but it's in there and it's growing and is getting more and more and more dominant over our lives. You see, it doesn't matter where you've come from, what you're doing. I mean, look at the next scripture. It says here, uh, in bringing it over into the New Testament, Ephesians 2.10, he says that we are God's masterpiece. God's doing some stuff behind the scenes. A masterpiece is being formed within you. He says, created in Christ Jesus for the good works. We could say miraculous works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, there's some preparation that God is doing beforehand, and we are in that time. We are being prepared, like it says here, for a first appearance or for a, another appearance. Praise God. And I've named the title of my message, Preparation for His Premier. And so this message, what we're talking about here is I'm gonna be talking about the time of preparation that we are in right now and having a look at God working in our lives and what he is doing behind the scenes, what he's doing inside of us right now. And he is doing some stuff. And if we just know what it is and how to work with it, it's gonna make the doing a whole lot easier. And you're not gonna be fighting yourself and you're not gonna be fighting God. And so some of the things I'm gonna be sharing with you are coming from my heart because we've been on this journey. And sometimes it's been an unusual journey and wondering what on earth's going on inside of us. But I tell you what, we've come through the other side and it's good and, and, and a good place. And so praise the Lord. God has got some big plans for his church, for us. And because he's got some big plans, he sent us a big coach. I mean, you have a look. You have a look. I mean, any of the top athletes, look at our All Blacks. 
I mean, they are the big guys on, the, in the, on New Zealand stage and on the world stage. And I can tell you that they have got some big coaches that are around them. These boys don't get there by themselves. They have been sent and assigned some amazing coaches to be able to hone these guys and so that they are at their premium. And so God has sent us a coach. And who is that coach? He's the Holy Ghost. He is God. And He has chosen to come down onto the earth and to live inside each one of us and to coach us from within. Not like the Old Testament where they had Him on the outside, but to coach us from within. You see, in the Old Testament, God had His men and He had men in every generation that He would coach behind the scenes. And Weston talked about that on Sunday morning. He talked about Joseph being, being trained, being coached, being prepared beforehand to be a world leader. And for 30 odd years, David, 25 years, he was being trained to step onto that world, that world scene. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, all these guys, these heroes were being trained behind the scenes, trained in their character, trained under powerful leaders that were not always easy to get on with. And yet they humbled themselves under God's mighty hand. And in that time, God exalted them. And as we will learn to humble ourselves and know how to do that, humble ourselves under God's mighty hand, He's going to exalt us. You see, the way up is down. It's a, it's, it's a different kingdom. The way up, you want to go up, you've got to go down. It's just a different kingdom, a different way it works. And so let's have a look at this coach. He is the spirit of resurrection. He is the same spirit that went into hell and raised Jesus Christ from the dead and he dwells inside us. And he's come inside us to resurrect God's dream, resurrect God's power, resurrect us and place us on a throne next to Jesus Christ. That's God's plan. Seated with Jesus in heavenly places to rule and reign in this life. That's what he's here for. He's there to do that, to put us on the throne. Now, we're not, maybe not ready right now, but that's his vision, and he is committed to us. He is not leaving us. He said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you to the end of this age. That's our God. That's our coach. He loves you. He is in you, and he believes in you. Praise God. You see, the Holy Spirit is that coach, and like I said, he's the river. He's the river of God, and wherever he goes... In your life, whatever areas he's going to touch on, he's going to bring life. When he dead areas in your life, when he starts to come on into that area, he's going to bring it to life. It's amazing. That's what he does. And then when you're filled with life, wherever you go, you're going to bring life. It's going to come out of the temple. The Bible talks about the river. It flows out of the temple of God. The Bible says that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And when you get free and you get whole, that river flows out of you. And wherever you go, the life of God is going to manifest in our city. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. Praise God. And so Jesus said, and I won't go into this. I mean, hopefully pastor will preach this or teach this. I mean, Jesus said in, in Acts chapter one, 1, chapter 8, he said, listen, you don't leave. You don't try to live this Christian life until you've got the power, until you've got the coach on the inside. He said, you're going to receive the power from on high, and then you're going to go out and be able to live like me. You see, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Jesus didn't do anything without the Holy Ghost being on him and in him. And we have got the same Holy Ghost so that we can live as sons of God on the earth. And so when Stephen and I, when we first got born again, I tell you what, we had this incredible hunger to just know him, 
And like Paul says, to know him and the power of his resurrection. And we had that desire. And I know that's in you. And you, if, you, if you're born again, to know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, all that stuff, to know you, God. And I saw in the word where I could actually move in healing. And that's what I said. You've heard me say many times, I was trying to walk on water in Scotland. Anything I saw, Jesus, I want to do that too. Nobody told me I was a son of God because I didn't quite get there on the Bible yet. But everything Jesus did, I was trying to do that. Just something inside me wanted to do what he did. And I thought all Christians were like that. And then I got in the church and found that they weren't. But I found in the Bible there was too much evidence to tell me that I could to stop me. And so we, we just had to move a church. And I don't want to be rude, but that's just we had to do that. And then we came across teaching on Brother Hagen and then Norval Hayes and Charles Capps and Fred Price and Dave Robeson and all of these guys taught amazing scriptures about, about who we are in Christ and the power of his resurrection and what we could do for God. And those, those scriptures and those guys, they just shaped our whole lives. Praise the Lord. And so we had scriptures that they, they would teach us. And I want to share some of those with you because, I mean, if you're new to God right now, some of these can be foundation scriptures that you can get a hold of and it can just put a, a rock and a foundation inside you that you're not going to be moved. doesn't matter what happens. I mean, there can be all stuff happening on the outside, but I tell you what, I've got peace on the inside and nothing can change that. God did that for me. And so let's have a look at this first scripture. It says, uh, 1 Corinthians 2 9 to 12. This so impacted our lives. You remember it, Stephen? It says, The eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. And we were taught by Hagen that said, Many people just stop there and say, Well, the eye hasn't seen, the ear hasn't heard, hasn't entered in the heart of man the things that God, he said, and they just stop there and just close off the book. Well, we can't know, we can't hear, we can't see. But. God put the but therein. Let's read it. But God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit, He searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of man that is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And He says, and now we don't have the Spirit of the world, but we have the Spirit of God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. And so we can know, we can hear, we can see, and it can be revealed to us. And how is that happening? It's because God's come on the inside of us. God's Spirit is on the inside of us. So we can know it. Are you out there? You can hear. It can be revealed. We're not in the dark. God's taken the lid off this thing. Praise the Lord. And so we thought, God, how do we loose you inside us? I don't want you just here in a small part of my life. I want you out everywhere. I want the river covering me. I want the flood. And so we have a look here in another scripture. It talks about the Holy Ghost's work in us in 2 Corinthians 3.18. You know, in the Old Testament, just before we read this, the Old Testament, they had a veil over them. And it was kind of like a covering and they couldn't quite understand what God was up to. But it says that the veil has been removed in Christ. That we have no longer a veil. We don't have to be hidden from the things of God. It says that veil has come off in Christ. And it goes on to say here, it says, Now we all with unveiled face, 
we can behold as in a mirror the glory of God. And as we behold that, what's happening? We are being transformed into the same image as God from glory to glory. How's that happening? By the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of the Lord. He's on the inside. I mean, I just love this, that the Holy Spirit, He is in me to transform me. I mean, He is so committed to be inside me, to transform me into His image from glory to glory as I behold. Now let's have a look at this in the Amplified Translation and it gives us a little bit more understanding. How does He do that? How do you do this Holy Ghost? It says here in the same verse, verse 18 in the Amplified, it says, because we, he says we're transforming, it says, because we continue to behold in the Word as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. You see, when we're getting in the Word, our natural mind is thinking, oh, this is, what is, what is happening here? This is boring. God, oh, you know, falling asleep, all kinds of stuff happening. But we look at this stuff, something spiritual is happening. And you've just got to know that by the Word. When I'm putting, when I am looking at this Word, something is being, something is happening. The Holy Ghost is taking that Word. And I was going to share with you later, and I'll share it now. You see, when you're doing, when you're doing exercises and you're doing weights and you're lifting, you don't lift the weights and then go, hmm, let's have a look. Oh, yeah, it's growing. No, you lift those weights and you don't see anything happening for two or three weeks. And then you see some kind of change. And you put yourself before the Word and just look and allow something to happen on the inside. You're not going to see it immediately, but there's a transformation happening. We've just got to believe God. We've got to believe His Word, that this is what's happening here. He says, as you look in the Word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of God, are constantly being transfigured into His very own image, in ever-increasing splendor, and from one degree of glory to the other. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Wow. I mean, you could feed on that all year, just that one, and just get the hugeness of what's happening here. God, if I just continue in your word, if I just look at it, sometimes my mind goes out to lunch and I've got to pull it back in and get it back up there and just behold. But what I'm doing, Lord God, is you're actually transforming me. And I can't see it immediately. I'll walk away, go to work. And I don't see something immediately, but something's happening on the inside. I just trust you, God. You see, what does it say here? That the Holy Spirit, He's using the Word. He's using the Word of God to transform us into His very own image. Well, you might say, Vanessa, that is a big ask. You know? And it is. I mean, that's a big ask. I mean, He's the God that created the planets. He made a tree. I mean, I can't even make a leaf. But he made the tree, he made the dirt, he made the air, he made all the stuff that you see and you don't see. And he says, I'm, he says, I'm transforming you into my image from glory to glory. You say, God, how does that happen? Well, look at the next verse. Philippians tells us, he said, it's not in your own strength. For it is God who is all the while effectually at work inside you, energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And so it's him that's doing this. We're just allowing him, and this is what this message is going to be about, is just showing us how we can just allow and work with him. You see, it's not in our own strength. 
In fact, the Philippians in the New Living Translation, it says, God, it says, for God is working in you. He's giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. And so we can literally say, God, I like these cigarettes. I like this drink. I like the television. I like all this stuff. How am I going to dump it? Well, He's going to change us as we just yield to Him. The cigarettes will come off. The alcohol will come off. The nightclubs will come off. The clothes will come on. The clothes won't come off. The clothes will come on. Okay? The dresses will get longer, not up here. And it'll be by the Spirit. It won't be by somebody else telling you because you see then that's religion. It's coming from the outside. But when He does it on the inside and you get a revelation, hey, I don't want stuff to show that doesn't need to be showing. I don't want to do stuff that's going to hurt my temple. And so He's going to do that inside. And, and so we allow Him to do that. And as we yield to Him, it's just going to happen. And the journey's a good journey because He's a good coach. And so the Holy Spirit, He is the door to another world. He just opens the door to God's world. It's just amazing. And He's opened the door to His world. It's just not any world. It's His world, the world where all things are possible. As a world that dreams that you can do anything, be anything. And He's given us keys to access that world whenever we want to. We can access His world whenever we want to. Did you get that? He's not a far off. I mean, it's whenever I want to, I can get myself in the Spirit. And how is that? Well, we've just read in the Word as we get ourselves in the Word. Immediately we start to speak the Word. We are creating and we're releasing God's spiritual power into our lives. Another way, and we're going to have a look at this, is by speaking in tongues, by speaking in the Spirit, speaking in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost. And we're going to just have a look at that. You see, when I start to speak in tongues, speaking in the Holy Ghost, I'm accessing the creative power of God. It's just absolutely amazing. I can do it whenever I want. I can be driving in my car, and I can, and I'm immediately in the Spirit. And something is being adjusted and changed and moved for my benefit, for the benefit of our city and our nation. Something is happening. Something creative is taking place when I begin to do that. Have a look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2 in the New King James. He says here, we're talking about accessing the Holy Ghost's world, God's world. He says, he, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he's speaking mysteries. And so, when I'm speaking in tongues, I'm not speaking to you. I'm not speaking to myself, as it were, my, my, my soul. I'm actually speaking to God. He said, no one understands it. And so, a lot of times, people think, oh, I can't understand. What good is it doing? We know from the Scripture, my spirit is praying. My spirit is praying. And we're going to find out later, not only is my spirit praying, but the Holy Ghost is lending my tongue, and He is praying. I am giving my tongue to Him. I'm giving my will to Him, and the Holy Ghost is beginning to pray for me. In verse 14 of the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 14, 14, it says here, He said, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. But my understanding 
is unfruitful. My soul is not being edified. It's not being built up. My spirit is being edified. My spirit is being built up. You see, when I pray in tongues, I'm bypassing my mind. I'm bypassing my will, my emotions, my natural world. I'm bypassing the natural realm and I'm moving on into God's realm. Satan can't understand what's going on. It's a mystery, which we're gonna look, which we just read here, that he's speaking mysteries. Satan can't figure out. You see, we need some problems solved in our lives. And sometimes we don't know how to get those problems solved. But our spirit knows, the Holy Spirit knows. And so when I give myself over and get myself into the spirit, the Holy Ghost right then is searching and he's moving in that area. Bang, he's bringing that answer. It's bypassed our mind, so our mind can't say, oh, that's never going to work. No, God, no way that's not going to be the answer. No, no, I'm not, I, don't, I don't agree with that, God. No, because our mind can't. Our natural mind is unfruitful in those things and can stop and hinder the power of God. Have a look at this one here, Jude. Jude, verse 20 and verse 21. In fact, Jude, that whole, that whole book is very good and it, it, we should teach it sometimes because it was talking just previously to this about all of these people that were fighting and quarreling. And then Jude turns around to the, the believers. He says, now look, but you beloved, don't get into that mess, he said. You build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love of God. Let's just read that together. He says, but you, beloved, you build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love of God, praying in the Holy Spirit. I mean, Job is saying, he, that doesn't say we're praying. He says, praying in the Holy Spirit. That tells me that, what does it say here? It says that the Holy Spirit is praying for me. Okay, let's have a look. And break this verse down a wee bit. Praying in tongues, or we could say praying in the Holy, the Holy Spirit, what are we doing? Is we're giving our vocal cords to God. We're saying, God, here they are. We give them to Him. The Holy Ghost is in us. And He will take our tongue and He will start to pray for us. He's praying for us. How many knows God's, God gets his prayers answered? <laughs> How many knows that God is a miraculous God? That when we start to call, my understanding's got nothing to do with this. My spirit is saying yes to God. I'm hearing it, I'm seeing it, and I'm giving my vocal cords to God. Just do it, look, let's start. And he kicks in. He kicks in. I start, uh, and he, he kicks in with, he takes my tongue and he starts to pray. He needs a tongue. God has not got a physical body on the earth. How is God working on the earth? He needs a physical body and he's come to live inside of us. And he will use our tongue. He will use us to heal the sick. And we yield our tongue to him and he begins to pray. What else does it say here that we're doing when we're praying in the Holy Ghost? It says, beloved, build up your, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. And so when we're praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, we are building ourselves up. Our coach is getting us to start building ourselves up and starting to do some stuff in the Spirit. Build your faith up. If our faith's down here, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, then hey, my faith is gonna start to rise. What else does it do here say? It says, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourself in the love of God. 
When I pray in tongues, I may not know what's happening, but it's going to help me to keep, in, keep myself walking in love with people. And there's strife all around the place. I'll tell you what, if you've got a problem with some people, start praying in tongues. It'll keep you in the love of God. It'll get you out of the soul and into the spirit. Keeping yourself in the love of God. You see, when Stephen and I, we got a hold of this teaching about the Holy Ghost and the power of God that was available to us when we prayed in tongues. We said, God, we want this. We're, we're, we're in. <laughs> and we came across this next verse in Matthew 26. And Jesus is talking to the disciples. And this is just before he's going to the cross. And he says, could you not keep watch and pray for me for one hour? He says, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. And we got a hold of that one hour. Jesus saying one hour to pray. And if I pray one hour, I'm not going to fall into temptation. I'm not going to fall into those bad habits. I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to miss it. So if you're missing it, you're getting angry, you're getting fed up with stuff, here's a key. Watch and pray one hour. And so we got a hold of this. We thought, man, if Jesus said to watch and pray for one hour, we thought, imagine letting God loose on us for one hour every day. And we can't stop it because our mind doesn't know what's going on. And so what we did, young and enthusiastic as we were, and we had some of our friends, and we really didn't know what we were doing, and so we just started, and we just committed, okay, we're going to start praying for one hour in the Holy Ghost. And as we joined into Bible school, and we decided, oh, we're going to do a season of praying all through the night, and get up in the morning and go to Bible school. And so Sunday, after Sunday night church, and we'd get into our place when we were in the French embassy, and... and um, Start praying in the Holy Ghost, and just praying, and we're letting God loose. <laughs> I just imagine God thinking, oh, aren't they gorgeous? You know, <laughs> look at them. And then we're just getting so tired around about three in the morning. I remember we were kind of like this. I was lying on the bed and I had my feet up here like this on the, on the walls. I just didn't know what to do with my body anymore. It was just too much. We were kind of shadaba, shadaba, you know, shadaba. <laughs> and then we'd end up getting to Bible school on Monday morning and the teacher's thinking what's wrong with you guys and that but we just just sometimes God just loves youth and he just loves enthusiasm and passion and I want to give it a go God sometimes we can get so old and out there that we think oh yeah what that's going to do we just had a passion we want more of you God we want whatever you say. You say one hour, Jesus, we're going to go too. I mean, we'd, we'd heard, we heard Kenneth Hagin say he prayed for one hour. He prayed for two hours and the devil said, oh, you just wasted your time, Hagin. He says, for that devil, I'm going to pray another hour. So he prayed for three hours. devil came back to him and said, you just waited three hours, Hagin. He said, for that devil, I'm going to pray four hours. He said, by the time he, got, he hit five hours, he said, I hit a gusher. He said, I just hit a gusher. And when we heard that on the audio tapes at that time, we thought, we want that gusher. We don't want to just pray for three hours and miss that. We're going to go for four. We're going to go for five and hit that thing. And you've got to have that kind of a passion to not miss out. Just, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to be on the earth and arrive in heaven and think, oh God, I wish I'd made it. I wish I'd done more. I want to use all the energy that he's given me to go hard out for him, to give it all I got, to push into the spirit realm, to see how far we can go. And this is one way he said, you just get out there. In the spirit, he's praying mysteries. And so we would pray like that. And it's interesting because 
I was expecting the spectacular, and I've got that title, I think, on there, Spectacular Versus the Supernatural. You know, we were praying and the Holy Ghost, and I was looking for the spectacular, I, I must admit. I mean, I was thinking, Kura Bashanda. I was expecting explosions to happen in the room. I was, I was expecting immediately to go outside and see a brand new car, you know? <laughs> I was expecting to win the lotto, though we didn't buy the lotto. But somehow, an inheritance to come from someone I didn't know in America. You know, somehow, some way, God would just impact our circumstances. I mean, and just and do something so, so spectacular. You know, and, and I must say, just it didn't happen. <laughs> you know, we were expecting God to answer our mysteries that we were praying in tongues. And just expecting to be the out, outward circumstances to change just like that, but they didn't. And because I was just focusing on the outward circumstances, I was expecting the dead to be raised. And as you know, I've gone into the morgue to try and raise the dead. You know, God said it, I can do it. You know? and, 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 and I was expecting all of that immediately. But I didn't realize and I'd missed the supernatural work God was doing in here. He was doing a work in here. And God will do a work inside here before we're going to see some stuff out there. And that's what is happening. And you see, if people don't understand how the Holy Spirit is operating and how He's working, then they can get discouraged and they can stop praying in tongues. Because they say, well, I've tried that stuff, it doesn't work. But if you stop, you're not going to allow the Holy Ghost to do the work in you that needs to be done to put your foundations deep into the spirit realm so that you can go up higher out there. You see, we, cannot, we are no match for Satan by ourselves. You know, you get out on the world stage and I'll tell you what, there's some big devils out there to knock you down. But if we've got our foundation rooted and grounded in faith, we're not gonna be moved. Like we said in the Old Testament, you have a look at some of the heroes of faith 20 years behind the scenes and horrible situations, but they kept their heart right. God had built character inside them, built faith inside them, and now they were ready to be launched onto the world stage. And so I just sense God saying, you don't be discouraged. You just do what I've told you to do. You allow the coach to get you to do your workout. Just do the workout. Commit to five minutes a day. And then when you get excited, do 10, do 15, do 20. Make it up to an hour. Have a goal. If Jesus said, could you not watch and pray one hour so you don't fall? How many people fall? Well, hey, do you, I don't want to fall. Well, how do I fall? How, I, how do I not fall, Jesus? He said, here, watch and pray. Get into the spirit. Build your inner man up over your natural man, and you won't fall. And so I tell you what, the first what three to five years of Stephen and our lives, just speaking in, t in tongues daily, the Holy Ghost did a major work inside of us. And we didn't really know what was going on. I mean, I wanted the power. <laughs> I mean, I wanted the power, to be honest. That's what I wanted. And God, God, well, that's right. I mean, God agreed. He said, yeah, Vanessa, just like the 3,000 I told you, God, 3,000, can't we do better? You know? <laughs> Vanessa, get there first and we'll talk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like some of you like with your children. <laughs> and so I wanted the power and God agreed, Vanessa, I want that too. But first, let's, but first, let's do the big cleanup. Let's do the big cleanup inside. And so we're talking preparation for the premiere. Well, we could say that there's an inward transformation, inward transformation before there's an outward demonstration. 
Now that's not to say as a young baby Christian you can't lay hands on the sick and they, be, and, and they recover. I'm talking about anointings that could cause you to rule in places of education, that could impact you to be on the place where you're inventing music and impacting in those areas. We can heal the sick at any time as soon as we're born again, the Spirit of God's on, on top of us, on top of us, inside us. But I'm talking about leadership roles in society where we need some depth that needs to be on the inside. And so let's have a look at these areas here. And again, each one of these would be a message in itself, but I want to just give some headlines. So what's that inward transformation that takes place as we spend time on the Word and praying in the Holy Ghost? We see the Holy Spirit, first of all, I'll, I'll headline it first and then we'll break it up. He's, the Holy Spirit's going to build us up. He's going to awaken our conscience as we pray in the Holy Ghost. He's going to search the inner depths of our heart and then He's going to empower us to break cycles of defeat. And after he's done that, bang, you watch and see the demonstrations of power that are going to operate in you. And so let's have a look at that first one. The Holy Spirit, remember he's our coach. He's building us up. And so he's getting us to work out. And I'm amazed, just, just because you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and you're filled, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean to say that you're going to get victory in your life. I mean, you can, you can be signed up to a gym all you like. But unless you turn up, you're not going to be building any muscles. I mean, you can have those walkers. We've got a walker in our garage that's just tied up there. Nothing's happening. We've got a walker. <laughs> but hey, she's in the garage all by herself. It hasn't been opened up for however long. And so we can have the holy, we can have God inside us. But if we don't do the spiritual workout, we're not going to get personal victory. We're not going to be moving in the signs and wonders. And so it's about getting God and releasing him in our lives. Let's have a look at that scripture again in Jude 20. And we'll just break this down a bit. It says, You beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so we do the workout together. It says, You beloved, building up yourself. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. And so we're working together with the coach. It's not the coach by himself, and it's not us by ourselves. It's the both of us working together. You, beloved, building up yourself on your holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So we're giving him our tongue. And so we're doing this work together. You know, like how coaches do, they're on the field with the All Blacks. The coach is not sitting in bed while the All Blacks are running around the field. The guy's on the, on the field. He's saying, come on, boys, let's lift it. Another round, another round. And so they're working together. The Living Bible says here, look at this, it's amazing. He says, build yourself up above a walk that is dominated by the senses, by praying in the Holy Ghost. I love that. Whoa. Build yourself up above a walk that is dominated by the senses. I mean, how? How do you dominate your senses? How do you dominate that eating? How do you dominate that television stuff that you just pour in all the junk that's got going nowhere and taking you nowhere? And I'm not saying television's wrong, and it's not wrong. God invented television. He's got one up in his place. <laughs> well, it's true. All good things come from God. He's just got a better one and a bigger one. <laughs> he doesn't need flat screens. He's got live stuff that they're bringing out now. You know, it looks like you know, 3D stuff. How do you dominate the senses and those habits that you hate in your life? The anger or whatever it is. I don't want to name the stuff you know. 
You know what that weakness in your soul is. How do you dominate that? He's telling us here, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. The Amplified says, build yourself up on your most holy faith, making progress. He says, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. We're making progress when we do this. The edifice, look at the meaning of that word. It says a massive, magnificent building, an elaborate conceptual structure. And so when we're praying in the Holy Ghost, we are making progress. We are building a structure, a superstructure on the inside of us, on our spirit, a massive, magnificent building that's going higher and higher. And just because we can't see with our natural eye, it doesn't mean to say it's not there. Spiritually, we are building ourselves up magnificent structure. Satan can see it because he's a spirit being. And if God opened our eyes so we could see ourselves in the spirit, we would see how big we are or how little we are. Some of us might get a fright to see how little we are because we haven't done any workouts. And so look at this one here. Corinthians says the same thing, for, um, 1 Corinthians 14.4. He says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. You see, we're building ourselves up. New Living Translation says we're strengthening ourselves personally. And again, our natural mind, because our, our natural mind doesn't know what's going on. It just thinks, oh, what's happening here? Nothing's happening. But we've got to take a hold of the word and see what God says and know that something is happening. Something is changing. We are building ourselves up. You see, the Holy Spirit is our coach and he is getting us to work out and he is bringing our spiritual muscles so that we can dominate those areas of our flesh. I mean, I don't, I, I'm free. I am free, free, free from where I was 30 years ago. How did that happen? I am so free. I like myself. You may not like me. That's fine. But I'm not living with you. I'm living with me. 24-7. And there was a time when I didn't like a lot of stuff about me. But now I do. And God has given me that. God has given me that victory. I've worked out with Him. You see, it's like any physical exercise, like I said to you. You don't see immediate change. You boys, you're not going to see immediate change. You know, you've got those, those lifts. I mean, I see Carius in there when he was 16. And I said, look at these, Mum. Look at these. I said, what? Mum! <laughs> and he'd have these things and he'd be, he'd be you know, using this stuff. And, that, and he had a vision to go somewhere, be something. And, uh, and, and that's what we've got to do. Know that this is a spiritual discipline. And hey, we're building our muscles. And when we pray, it doesn't look like anything is happening. But hey, we are rising above like a massive building. There's a structure that's being built in the Spirit. We are going higher and higher. Number two, let's have a quick look at this one. The Holy Spirit awakens our conscience to know right from wrong. I mean, as we read the Word, we speak in tongues, our desires change. You know, you won't want to do the wrong things that you used to do. Just praying in tongues, all of a sudden you just go wake up. I don't want to do that anymore. And if you're trying to flick cigarettes or anything like that, just pray in the Spirit. And the Holy Ghost will take that desire. He will give you the desires of your heart. We just read that. He will empower you and change desires. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Get over into the Spirit. Number three, let's have a look at this. The Holy Spirit searches the inner depths of our heart. Now, this is a wonderful one. 
The Holy Spirit searches the inner depths of our heart. Proverbs 20, 27. He says here that the spirit of man, that's us, our spirit, is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of the heart. And so our spirit is the lamp of the Lord. It's a lamp for the Lord, and it searches all the inward parts. And so what do you do with a lamp? Well, you, you use a lamp to light up a dark place. Isn't that right? You don't need a lamp. We don't need a lamp right now in here. The lights are on. And so God uses a lamp to light up a dark place. And so when you turn on a lamp, you see things in that place that you couldn't see before the light was turned on. And so what the Holy Spirit will do is he uses our spirit as we're praying in tongues and he begins to search the inward parts of our life. And he'll start to search those areas. And any areas that are in darkness, any areas in your soul, in your personality that you don't even know about, and he'll light up that whole area. Why does he light it up? He wants you to be free. And when you see that area, I tell you what, you'll look there and you'll think, yuck. And after he's lit that thing up, and we'll go into that in a minute, he'll give you the power to set yourself free from that thing. Let's have a look at it. Any wrong thinking hurts, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a big one. A lot of people living their life from a place of hurt, and they don't know it, and you start praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will search that area out. He'll identify that, and he'll bring that before you, and then you'll start to remove that from your life. Look at Romans here, and it'll explain it. It says here that the Holy Spirit, he also helps our weaknesses. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. I mean, we're not always know, we don't always know what's holding us back in life. I mean, what is it? Why can't I just get ahead? What, what is going on here? He says here, the, the Holy Spirit, he's helping our weaknesses. We don't always know what we should pray for as we ought. But you see, he does. And it says here that the Spirit, he, he himself makes intercession. In fact, let me read it again. It says, The Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, he is making intercession. He's making prayers. Remember we said he's praying for us with groanings, which cannot be articulated. And in fact, it says, in fact, what shall I say, Stephen? It says here, with groanings, it stops there, but the actual Greek translation says, which cannot be articulated in whatever speech, what is that? An articulate speech, which means we're praying in tongues. We cannot articulate this. This is not a normal tongue. And so he's interceding for us. And then it goes on to say, look what it says here. And he who searches the hearts. See, he's using your spirit to search the hearts. He knows what is the mind of the spirit because he's making prayers for the saints according to the will of God. And so I tell you what, in my young years, when I was just praying like this and learning this, and during those days, I would start to cry out. And, and, a, and a verse that I would use would be, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any evil way in me, any wrong way in me and, and lead me on that path everlasting. Search me, God. And I called Rabbasha, Rabbasanda, called Rabbashan. I knew there was something not right in me. And so God, search my heart and see if there's any evil way in me. See, I give you permission and lead me in that path everlasting. And I called Rabbasha, Rabbasanda. And then I just start to pray in the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit would start to shine a light on that area and say, Vanessa, see that? And all of a sudden I'd see something I didn't see before. 
I go, oh my God. And then I go to Steph and I go, oh, he says, well, I told you. Oh, I didn't see that before. How many know that with husbands and wives? You can see things in them that they can't see, and they can see things in you that you can't see. Well, how about you both pray in the Holy Ghost and God will light you both up? And then you're both right, and then let them deal with it. I mean, I don't know how marriages stay together without the Holy Ghost. Without him being involved and him cleaning us up and cleaning our character up and getting rid of the unforgiveness and the hurts and all that stuff and bringing us into a place of peace. You see, when the Holy Spirit shines the light in that area, it's like that's all you can see. It's really annoying. I mean, he just lights the thing up. He puts the light on that thing. And it's not a pretty sight. Some stuff that he shines on is not a pretty sight and you feel like hiding But you can't hide because he's the coach and he knows what's going to slow you down. And so he's going to keep the light on that thing until you're ready to deal with it with him. And you'll just, you'll try and run. You'll try and run. And I used to try and run away from myself. And the funny thing is that I get over here and I find that the problem was with me. I couldn't figure it out. And then I realized it was in me. I was taking it with me. Didn't matter where I went for the, oh, in my younger years, I think I had about 15 different places from 17 till I met Stephen, where I was just going from place to place and it, it, just, just traveling every three months. Just restless. But the restlessness was coming with me. And so the coach, he's the coach. And, he, and you ask any coach, they're on a mission to clean up their athletes and get them ready. And that's what he's going to do. And so he, he, in fact, I've put it here, that the Holy Spirit will keep the light on that area so that you can see, and then you can be free. So you can see, and as soon as you can see it, start to celebrate, because as soon as you can see it, you're about to get free. Because when you're in darkness, you don't know. But when he shines the light on that thing, because you've been praying in the Holy Ghost, you can see it, it's right there. He's not there to torture you and to put you through and to put you through hard yards. He's putting it before you so that you and him can get rid of that thing. And so if you're in that process right now and some stuff's right before you, then you just celebrate because you're on your way. You're on your way. You're no longer in darkness. You can see that thing and it's about to be removed. Let's have a quick look. Uh, the Holy Spirit empowers us then to break free from that defeat. Break that the cycles of defeat. So once he identifies that area, his power is released to help you break the cycle of thinking, to break that habit, the unforgiveness, the personality trait, whatever that is, whatever that is that's holding you down, that power, Kurabashanda, is released to help you to break free from that thing. Let's have a look at it here. Romans 8, 12, 13. I've given you all of these scriptures because they're incredible foundation stuff for you to get on this journey. It says here, we are not obligated to our carnal nature, that's the old nature, to live a life ruled by the standards that are set by the dictates of our flesh. It's all of that stuff that he's getting rid of, the old nature, all the old stuff that's left over that's really resident within our our soul, in our mind, our memory, our emotions, all the old junk. It's, It's resident still there, not in our spirit. It's just in our soul area. And that's what he's doing. He's searching that part there and he's identifying one area at a time. Normally he'll deal with just one area. That's all you can cope with as human beings. It's it's an emotional experience, I tell you. When you're faced with anger, when you're faced with fear, when you're faced with unforgiveness and past hurts and he brings it before you. I mean, he'll only do with one thing at a time because it, it really is quite an emotional thing to get free from. 
And he's saying to us, you're not obligated to that old stuff, the old carnal nature, to live a life ruled by the standards and set by the dictates of the flesh. For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you're going to surely die. Your life's going to be a mess. You're not going to die physically. He's not talking about dying physically. He's just talking about everywhere you are. You're just living in a place of death. There's no fruitfulness. There's no life. You're living, but you're dead inside. It says, but if, here we go, if you through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you will surely and genuinely live. And so here we go. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we are habitually putting to death those areas in our lives. Praying in tongues is that channel. Just give me another couple of minutes. It's that channel. And once we know how to release, release the Holy Ghost, stuff starts to happen. Those that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. You see, oftentimes, in fact, I won't go into there. How are you going? You know, believers, struggle for, believers can struggle for years to try and get free. But it says here, the power of the Holy Ghost. And once we know how, how to release Him, we can get free in a very short space of time. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, it's interesting, years ago there was denominations, whole denominations that taught us that uh, you have to be clean before you can receive the Holy Spirit. And so people had to get cleaned up before they could re um, receive the Holy Spirit. But they didn't read Romans 8, 13, which says, hey, he's the one that cleans you up. He's got to get inside you to clean you up. So if you've just got born again, you get the Holy Ghost in you as soon as possible because he comes in you to clean you up. You can't get cleaned up without him. You're still going to be running around with those, those habits and, 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 and thought patterns and wrong personality stuff that's not dealt with. Praise God. And so I just remember, as I said, I had a love-hate relationship with myself. I used to love some things about me, and I used to hate other things. And I tell you what, have you ever felt like that? Or is it just me? <laughs> well, I'm in good company because Paul said he felt like that about himself. Read it here. In Romans 7, Paul had the same experience that I had. He said, I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is within me. He said, oh, what a miserable person I am. He said, oh, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And so he had this kind of relationship with himself that he loved himself, but there was all this kind of fighting and the wars that were going on inside himself. And if you carry on reading, he said, thank God it's through Jesus Christ I'm free. Thank God through Jesus Christ I'm free so that with my spirit I serve God. And so you may be a baby Christian and you may be feeling like that, that you've got that war going on inside you. And I felt like Paul. I wanted to serve God with all of my heart, but boy, there was, a, there was a war going on inside of me that I wanted to do my own thing. There was two, two things happening with me, and I'd get really disappointed because things wouldn't work out how I thought they should, and then people wouldn't behave like I thought they should. And, that, and then i think, get out, I'm checking out of here, I'm gone, I'm gone, out, out of here. And as I said to you, the only problem was it all came with me to the next job, to the next place, to the next thing. <laughs> and the same thing would happen. Oh, out of here. Gone. And that, and it's interesting here because James says, he says, what causes fights and quarrelings among you? Have a look at it. It's a good question. What causes all the fights and the quarrels among you? He says, don't they come from the desires that battle within you? 
And so this is the Holy Ghost. What's, what, what is he doing? He's trying to get rid of the battle inside us. You see, that's the whole work of the Holy Ghost, cleaning us up here. Look what the message says, message translation. He says, where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think that they just happen? Think again. He says, they come about because you want your own way and you fight for it deep inside yourself. And so look, people, if people aren't whole, if people are not whole on the inside in their soul, I tell you what, they're going to see the world from that place. You know, the Bible says, to the pure, all things are pure. And so the Holy Ghost is in the middle of doing a job where he's just getting us pure inside our soul and our emotions so that there's just purity all the way through and so that we're seeing the world from a place of wholeness and from freedom. If we've still got a war going on inside, if we're still rejected, if we're still hurt, if we've still got stuff left over and we're just dragging all this stuff, when people speak to us, when things happen in life, we're seeing stuff from a place, from a different place. And we've got fences up and walls up and we've got a fight up already. It's not them. Paul just said, James just said, it's inside you. And when we start to call Rabbashadabasanda and the Holy Spirit searches us, and he just puts those areas on that hurt. Forgive those parents. Forgive your brother and sister. Let it go. Get free. Allow that purity of the Holy Ghost to be inside the whole lot of you. Then you're coming from a different place. To the pure, all things are pure. He said, look at this one here, Titus. He says, to the pure in heart and in their conscience, all things are pure. But to the unbelieving, nothing is pure. Their very minds and consciences are defiled and polluted. We want to get rid of the pollution. The junk that's left over from the old life, we want to get rid of that. And so as I said to you, after I had all of these wars going on inside me, and I'd regain the victory over my mind, and then I'd get that scripture, the righteous fall seven times, but it gets up again. There may be times, God, when I fall, but I'm getting up again. And I just get God to just Encourage me and I'd get back into praying in the Spirit, get back into the Word. He'd say, come on, Vanessa, turn around and see. I've made you for glory. Come on, girl, turn around, turn around, come back and see. I've called you to be my child. And I'd stabilize myself back on the Word. The Bible says that the, the Word of God is an anchor to your soul. It's both sure and steadfast. It goes in behind the veil. And so the Word will anchor this mind that's going everywhere. Just while the Holy Spirit is doing that work, and as I learn to yield to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, it's amazing that those times when I fall, when I, when I would fall, <laughs> they'd get less and less. You know, Stephen used to say, Vanessa, it's about every three weeks you need to take off. <laughs> so I don't understand it. It's about every three weeks you're in the car ready, ready to go. I've got to get out of here. And then I come back, tail between my legs, <laughs> and we'd start again. And I'd go really well, three weeks, and then it started to be six weeks, and then eight weeks, and we'd get better and better. And uh, I'll tell you what, now I haven't tried to leave for a wee while, have I? <laughs> What's going on? I mean, what is going on in all of that? And I'm sharing my story with you. What is going on? It's the big cleanup. It's the big cleanup getting ready for the premiere. It's all happening behind the scenes. God is not going to put his kids out in front of public. He's not going to have anything happen. He's not going to have, allow Satan to take pot shots at us. God's doing this stuff behind closed doors. 
He doesn't want the media looking at us right now because not, we're not all ready yet. There's a few, a few things that need to be removed. There's a bit of pollution still there around the place that needs to, to be got rid of. You know, and there was times when God would, as I sort of said, light the, put a light on those areas and, 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 and there'd be a voice inside me just, ah, scream. You know, what was that? It was the old nature that didn't want to be crucified. So now the old voice, the old habits didn't want to be crucified. You know, and then there was times when I'm praying in the Spirit, and I don't want it to sound depressing, but this is a journey of, you know, years I'm talking about. And, and there was a scripture, and it's in Isaiah 49.3, and I would come to God, and I'd say, God, have I labored for no purpose? Have I spent my strength for nothing? Look at I'm doing all of this stuff for nothing. And the rest of that scripture says, but what is due to me is in the Lord's hands, and my reward is with my God. And that scripture would just comfort me every time. And so if you're praying and you're coming to the beginnings of those places, I'm telling you, use these scriptures. Because there'll be times you think, is something happening? Am I growing? Is things changing? Is financially, are we changing here? What is due to you is in the Lord's hands. And your reward is with your God. It is with your God. You see, we're talking about a preparation for the premier. And that pruning, as we're just closing, that pruning, it hurts. But Jesus said, he said, I prune those I love. He said, and if you're not pruned, he says, you're not mine. He says, now you are clean by the words that I've spoken. And so there's a pruning that happens, you know, and you know that in the natural. And after the pruning, what happens? There's a spring and there's a harvest and there's fruit. Why don't we just close our eyes and I'll just share their last thoughts. You see, you ask... You ask any athlete, you know, that preparation time, is it worth it, church? Preparation time, is it worth it? You ask any athlete who stands with a gold around his neck and he's got his trophy in his hands and you ask him, was that preparation time worth it? And he'll say, they'll say every time, yes, it was worth it. And there is coming that time when we're praying in the Holy Ghost, is this worth it? Is it worth it to get into that peace and to come into that place where God is going to use us to reach out to our generation and bring them into the kingdom? Is, that, is this time that we're spending now with the Holy Ghost, is it worth it? Yes, it is. You see, this is the decade of the Holy Ghost. It is His time. And He is the coach that's been assigned by our Father to prepare us for the premier. And if we would just allow Him to use the keys in our life, use our tongue and just go through the door go into that world and allow him to do that work. I mean, why would we not allow him to transform us from glory to glory? I mean, why would we not allow him to prepare us for signs and wonders for our generation? And so I just encourage you this morning, as you're building yourself up, your, your spiritual muscles, praying the Holy Ghost, you're going to look back a year from now. I guarantee if you do what we're saying this morning, a year from now, you're going to look back over your life and there's going to be some things that have just gone. And you won't even be able to know when they've gone, but they've gone. A year from now, praying in the Holy Ghost, they will be gone. And then as you start to continue to groan in the Spirit, there's going to be an acceleration of giftings and callings. They're going to start to be brought forth in your life. Praise the Lord. Father God, I just, Lord, lift up every one of us here, Lord, that is heard this message, Lord. Father, you know that that's a journey that we've been on, Stephen and myself, just, Lord, before you. And I just pray, Lord, that each one, Lord God, would receive the spirit by which it's been spoken. 
And Lord God, that you're a, you're a good God, Lord. There may be tears at night, but you've said that there is joy in the morning. And so if there's any one of you here that has not been filled with the Holy Ghost and you haven't asked him into your life to pray and be able to have that wonderful language, I want to ask you to just come on up. Why doesn't everyone stand up? And, and let's just pray together because we need every one of us filled with the Holy Spirit. And so if you are not filled with that, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, why don't you come forward right now and we'll get you filled. Why don't the rest of us just pray in tongues right now? If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you need Him as your coach. And you don't need to be frightened. All you're needing to do is you're going to re receive Him into your life and you're just going to give Him your tongue. And as you start to give Him your tongue, He's going to start to speak through you. Father, we thank you right now. Lord, we thank you for that gift. Lord, that gift to be able to pray the mysteries of God, heavenly, heavenly things. Lord, in the Spirit, He's praying mysteries. Is there anyone else? I thought there'd be quite a few more people, young believers, that haven't got that gift to be able to pray in tongues yet. Father, we just thank you right now. Thank you right now. Oh, Father, we thank you for that supernatural ability to tap in, to allow God to pray for us whenever we want. God praying for us, praying in the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for coming on these ones. Thank you, Lord God, for that wonderful gift. Wonderful gift. Praise God. The call is to young people as well. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not just for, uh, for adults. The Holy Spirit is for young people just the same, even for children. So if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit and you desire that gift for God to fill you with the Holy Spirit this morning and to give you that gift of speaking in tongues, then you want to be down the front here. Um, uh, and, and, and get there quickly, praise God. Uh, let's not hesitate in the presence of God. When God makes a call and offers us a gift, let's not knock him back. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pray this prayer. All of us pray it together. And all of you that are just standing in the front here, why don't we just pray this prayer together? And then, and then you're going to then you're going to receive Him. Just say, Holy Spirit, I invite you to come into my life. I receive you as my leader as my coach, and I thank you for my heavenly language. I receive it right now in Jesus' name. Now what I want you to do, I just want you to start giving me your tongue. That's right.